Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Welcome to Locked On Warriors. I am Danny Lurie, your host, and I am so thrilled that this is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network and that you have decided to come along for the maiden voyage of this brand new podcast. This will be a daily Warriors basketball podcast, and so what that means is I'll have new episodes out Monday through Friday, hopefully in time for your morning commute. And that means most of the episodes will actually be put up the night before. You can listen to them when you like, and they will be in-depth on the Warriors They will be more commute-sized, so something around 30 minutes, you know, sometimes shorter, more in the 15-20 minute range, sometimes a little bit longer, and they will be coming out every day. So that means there will be focused on the the big events of then, and so for right now, that's a little bit bit less of the, you know, what's going on in games and things like that, because there aren't games going on, but of course it'll really pick up then. I will have a lot of guests on, I'm fortunate enough that have been around this business a long time, have a lot of contacts, a lot of friends, so there will be guests, sometimes it will be just my wonderful voice talking, and so you will experience that, and some episodes will have a more specific focus, other ones will not, and I also really want to use a lot of listener feedback and mailbags and things of that sort so I can answer your questions, and the shorter format actually helps that, so at the end of the program I will give you all the ways that you can contact this podcast and contact me personally, and I will incorporate that as much as humanly possible. And I'm really excited about doing this. And a little bit later, I'm going to give my own background for those of you who are unfamiliar with me and my work. But I feel like it's a much better way to start this with some actual substance. And so the topic to really begin this is something that is near and dear to my heart, which is the combination of this team and the, and the cap. As some of you know, I'm credited by some as being the originator of the Kevin Durant to the Warriors stuff through pieces at the Sporting News and at Warriors World, and that has transformed into something very different now that he's a part of the team, and really what that gets into is where their Warriors are going to be in 2017, so July 1st, 2017, let's say, and at the outset, one thing I have to make clear is that it is very possible that we are working under a new collective bargaining agreement, and that's what sets the rules for transactions and everything like that. And they could change basically anything. You know, the owners and players have to negotiate that if either side opts out this fall, and they would have it new by the start of next season. But I think we have a pretty good idea of where things are going to go, and I will make a point during this of explaining where they could change and how that could affect the Warriors. So there are two basic paths for Kevin Durant unless the worst-case scenario happens and he actually picks up his player option, because that doesn't really make much sense. You know, you only really do that if something horrible, like he has an injury and he thinks for whatever reason the Warriors wouldn't pay him. So really, the options outside of that are that he could either sign as what's called a non-bird free agent, or he could get become a full free agent and sign using cap space, assuming he wants to come back to the Warriors. The reason that difference matters is that it actually substantially affects how the team builds their cap out. So if you are a non-bird free agent, that means you've been on the team for one year, like Durant will have been, they can give you a 20% raise. 
That sounds like a lot of money because it is a lot of money. And that would raise Durant's salary from about $26.5 million for 2016-17 up to 31.8 or thereabouts. And that's what they could pay him using the non-bird exception. However, because of the combination of the rising cap and Durant jumping into a higher experience level because the longer you've been in the NBA, the higher max salary you can get, and there are tiers on that. And so he can actually make, according to the current cap estimates and the current structure, he could make $33.5 million as a free agent, so using cap space. And so that's a difference of a little less than $2 million. 1.8 is a, a good barometer of what it is. And that difference is really, really important because if he decides he wants to scrap every piece out of there, the Warriors would have to sign him using cap space. And they have a lot of money committed to other players. Clay Thompson, Draymond Green are, of course, under contract. And then Stephen Curry, while still on a lower cap hold, which is what it's called, that's an estimate of what the team's going to pay him. It's only $18 million. Of course, he's going to get his maximum. So they don't have a ton of wiggle room between those guys and then Kevon Looney, Damian James, Pat McCaw, and the money they owe Jason Thompson, and then holds for the other players. They would only have about $8.9 million in space for everything else other than the room exception, which is what Zaza Pachulia signed for this year. So that would be $8.9 million for Iguodala, Livingston, Pachulia, David West, you know, whoever else wants to come back. And you could get a little bit more wiggle room just because of some of the guys like Ian Clark and McAdoo have low cap holds, and so you could you could use that to go a little bit over. But functionally speaking, you're asking Iguodala and Livingston to take massive pay cuts if they even come back. So that's a really big problem for this team. You know, they're not going to be super deep outside of the starters if that if that is what happens, and it will take at least another year to build that up, and it's substantially harder to do it that way. So what Durant choosing to take that $2 million haircut for one year would do is it would allow the Warriors to be an over-the-cap team. And being over-the-cap means that you can use exceptions. You don't have to clear the salary cap space to sign Durant. So that means they can keep holds on for Iguodal and Livingston or the two big ones, but Ian Clark, James Michael McAdoo, anyone they acquire during this season, you can go through anything like that. David West, Anderson Verjao, and also... The Warriors would actually have access to a higher mid-level exception than the room exception, which they used on Petrulia, because while they will be a luxury taxpayer, the taxpayer mid-level exception is actually higher than the room one as a you know an incentive to not clear all that cap. So they, it's a little bit because most teams that use the taxpayer mid-level exception don't have a lot of ways to make their team better. So that is actually a more flexible thing. The room exception. So then the Warriors, depending on, of course, what Iguodala and Livingston want to do, they're unrestricted free agents. Maybe they want to go somewhere else. Maybe they want to try to squeeze everything out of the Warriors that they can. But if Durant takes that little haircut, they can bring everyone back, assuming they want to come back. And another important note on that is that Durant would really only be making a one-year sacrifice because assuming the rules stay pretty close to the same, after that second year, he would be what's called an early bird free agent. And I said that when you're non-bird after one year, you can get a 20% raise. But after your second, you can get a 75% raise. And even if they raise the max salary to some ungodly number, they could still do that because a 75% raise on $30 million, you can get to whatever number you need to. So if he's willing to do that, it will be a one-year sacrifice. And then 
the team can pay him, you know, whatever is allowed by the league. And it is true that under the current rules, at that point, they could only pay him a four-year contract, but that's going to be true anyway. You can't get the full five-year deal until you've been on a team for three years. And that's the same issue that LeBron James, incidentally, was dealing with with the Cavs this year, but he decided on a little bit longer contract. So that is really what Durant's decision comes down to if he wants to return. Of course, we don't have any guarantees on that. But why the new collective bargaining agreement matters is that I talked about how the difference between his, you know, the cap salary and the what's called the non-bird salary is only about two million. So that's not a big sacrifice to make. However, when they're negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement, the owners and players might agree to a change in the structure of max contracts. And what people like me think would happen if they were to do that is not something crazy like, oh, there is no maximum or something like that. It's more likely that they would raise the tiers. And so basically Durant could then make more money on a full max contract. And so what that would do if they agreed to it, let's say they scaled it up 5%, is it would just raise the difference between what he can get under this non-bird and the Warriors keeping their ability to re-sign Iguodala Livingston and the money that the money that he would get as an as a true cap free agent and so then they would have to make sacrifices and so functionally the Warriors are actually less affected by that kind of a change than most but it would mean Kevin Durant making a larger sacrifice than he did before and it is likely I would say that there that is going to happen in some form just because on the totality of looking at the CBA for five years or however long it runs it does deter super teams a little bit better. And we saw after Miami's team, which was formed right before the last CBA negotiations, they tried to make modifications to make that happen, to make that not happen, actually. And it didn't work. You know, the Warriors still happened, and there will never be a way of structuring things to prevent great players from playing together, especially if they're willing to sacrifice money. But they will probably try to make it harder in some way. And if they raise the max a little bit, it's not going to anger the rank and file players enough to really change the structure. So that is a possibility. It is, of course, not definite yet. I have I don't have any inside information on how those negotiations have gone. But really, that's the choice for Durant. So he can take a little bit more money and play on a shallower team, or he can take a little bit less, probably about $2 million under the current structure, and play with better teammates. And so there isn't a wrong answer there. As much as people in the media and fans want to vilify players for doing what is best for them. I think Carmelo is a good example of this. They can do whatever they want. And the Warriors are in a situation where Durant can pretty much dictate terms because they sacrificed a lot of things to get him, Harrison Barnes and Andrew Bogut being the biggest ones. And so he can do that. And whether they like it or not, they're subject to his decision. However, if it is that small an amount of money, it seems exceedingly unlikely that he would really decline it. And that's actually a funny part about the way that the system works. And the cap went down in terms of the estimate for next season for 2017-18 because the owners spent so much money this summer. And basically there's a there's a more complicated component as to how that actually affected the Warriors. But so the Warriors actually benefited in, in a way from that, assuming the system stays the same because it made that sacrifice for Durant a lot smaller. If the cap spikes, and it still could, you know, the league makes a lot more money and revenue for some reason, selling t-shirts, team gets, I think all the local TV deals are already settled, but you know, somehow they make a lot more money, 
then of course that can change things and that would make the difference larger and make the decision harder for KD. But realistically, they're going to have a pretty good shot at this and that should be really exciting to Warriors fans. But the expectation also should be that like LeBron a couple of years ago, that this whole song and dance will continue for another year because since they can't give Durant a really long-term contract with the full raises and everything like that, and those basic structures will almost definitely be a part of the new CBA. This dance will probably happen at least one more time, meaning that in 2017, he'll probably sign a one-year deal with a player option, and then assuming he still wants to stay, that's when you start to see the possibility of a long-term contract. While we're talking about 2017, there are a few other good pieces of information to know about where the Warriors stand. They do not have any draft picks whatsoever in 2017 as of right now. They traded their first to Utah as a part of the salary dump to get Andre Guadalla. For those who don't remember, they gave away Andres Bedrins, Richard Jefferson, and Brandon Rush to clear the space so that they could sign Iguodala using cap space. Now they have him, and incidentally, he'll be a free agent this upcoming summer. Their second-round pick was also traded to Utah, and will probably end up with the Sixers as a part of another deal. So they could pick up a draft selection at some point in the process. You know, they could buy one like they did with Patrick McCaw. They could trade one of their existing players for it. We don't really know what's happening there, but in all likelihood, they probably won't have much there until draft night, and then if they have the chance to buy something, they probably will. And in terms of free agents, Durant is, of course, the biggest, along with Steph Curry. Durant has a player option, and then Curry is an unrestricted free agent. The expectation as of now, of course, has to be that both of those come back. The other unrestricted guys are Iguodala, Livingston, Pachulia, David West, Anderson Verjao, and Ian Clark. And then James Michael McAdoo, since he signed a one-year contract, will actually be a restricted free agent, which is a little bit surprising, but it will be after three years, and you need to have four to become an unrestricted free agent. So they will have match rights on him, which means that if another team wants him, they can make an offer, and then the Warriors can choose to do it or not, assuming they offer a tender to him, which is a little over a million dollars. And so if they do that, then they can get match rights on him, and that will depend on Durant, among many other things, and how well he does this year. should have some opportunities. So the Warriors' chances in 2017 will hinge a lot on Durant. If he comes back on that reasonable number, they can not only keep the band together, but add a couple little ways to get pieces. But it's also worth noting that, while insanely enough, the Warriors will not be a luxury tax team for the 2016-17 season, because of the way they had to maneuver everything to get Durant in the first place, they almost definitely will be in the future. The only way that wouldn't happen is if they traded one of the big pieces, Durant, Curry, Thompson, or Green, because those players will make enough money after Curry gets his much-deserved raise to push the Warriors over whatever really the cap line is. And so, Lakeup, Goober, and everybody else, I'm sure, are ready for that, especially considering how much profit they're probably going to make this year, and we'll see what happens in terms of the timing of the new arena. So the Warriors will be in the tax at that point. It'll look a lot like Cleveland in the sense that they will have limited ways to get better, but they will be so insanely talented that the hope is that they will not need it. So they'll have mid-level exceptions, minimum contracts, and they should be a destination for those types of things moving forward. And the CBA could change significantly, but that part of it will probably stay about the same. It's been pretty consistent, and the modifications that happened in the last CBA seem popular enough that they'll probably stay. So reasonable enough to to think that it'll stay about there, which is exciting because 
the middle level exception hasn't been super valuable. The the taxpayer one, Paul Pierce was probably the best player to sign using it, and he's disappointed a little bit on the Clippers, but it is a great piece to have, and Zaza Pachulia is an amazing example of what the Warriors did with a, a smaller option there, and they will be a team that players want to play for. So that is not really a concern, though it does limit their options. And unlike the Cavs, they just don't have a lot of players on high salaries outside of their core players, which will make it harder to either create trade exceptions or, or make other smaller deals like how the Cavs got Amon Shepard and J.R. Smith, which ended up being huge, of course, in their championship. That is a challenge, but they're good enough that it's not that big a concern. So we will see what happens moving forward. Now, you know, to, to end this in a, in a way, it'd be good to explain my background a little bit. So born and raised in the Bay Area, though admittedly I was not much of a, a Warriors fan. I wasn't really a big basketball guy early on, big Niners and Giants fan, and followed basketball a little bit, followed the run TMC team in particular. Really fell in love with basketball when I was in college at UCLA. Was a lot of fun. Some great teams while I was there. Two of the three Final Four teams, and then still kind of followed the last team as a recent graduate. And that led really quickly into the NBA. I started at law school at UC Hastings, came back up to the Bay Area, and then by the time I was done with law school, I'd actually started covering the Warriors with a credential. My first year covering this team was 2009-2010. That was Don Nelson's final year and Steph Curry's first. So then, then, of course, it was in law school, so it was a more limited opportunity. I think it's like something like 20 games, and ever since then, it has been a passion of mine. It has been something that has been involved in my life at various moments, worked full-time for most of that time, and then a couple of years ago, was able to make the transition into writing. And so that really started in April of 2015, right before the Warriors title run of being a sports writer and podcaster full-time. My writing is on The Athletic, is where most of my Warriors content will go this season, which is very exciting. The Sporting News gets mostly CBA and CAP stuff, and then I do the CBA Encyclopedia for Real GM, which is a lot of fun and going through some of the concepts. So that's part of what leads to the stuff like what I did earlier, talking about the CAP, is it's something that I know really well. And if you have any questions about that, you can either consult my pieces or, of course, you can ask me. In terms of podcasting, I do Real GM Radio, which is a show I host, long form, like an hour, hour and a half, once a week, with a guest on a basketball-related topic. Can do I do draft stuff, I just had Sam Vecini on. Can be other things, you know, NBA 2K, could be the league itself, whatever comes up, you know, can be anything like that. And then I also do, I'm a regular co-host on the Dunked On Basketball Podcast, which is with... My friend Nate Duncan, it's a lot of fun. It will keep going strong this year. So that comes out every weekday as well. So it'll be a challenge to do this podcast and that. And on days that the Warriors have a game, they'll probably both happen late at night. So, you know, be up till 1 or 2 a.m. on those days. But it'll turn out really well. It's going to be a lot of fun to have the opportunity to talk with us. And as I said at the beginning, have a lot of friends in this business. And they have been very enthusiastic about using this opportunity and talking about this team and the Warriors, while, of course, they've won the title and set the wins record, this is going to be a little bit different because they are an icon, I guess, in a way, for media and everything else. And what makes that fun for a podcast like this is that there are a lot of people who 
would love to talk about this team, and they will get the opportunity to with me. And one of the very important aspects of this and any other podcast that I do, and writing too, is your feedback. And so there are a lot of different ways to get in touch with me and to get in touch with the podcast. We'll start with my personal stuff. So you can go to Danny LaRue on Twitter, D-A-N-N-Y-L-E-R-O-U-X, or you can email MBA at gmail.com. I read everything that comes in and I respond to as much as I can. And you can also reach out to the podcast itself. We are on Twitter at LockedOnDubs, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-D-U-B-S. Locked on Warriors is too long, so it's Locked on Dubs. And then LockedOnWarriors at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, which is creatively named Facebook.com slash LockedOnWarriors. And every episode will be posted there. I'm going to try to make a mix of whether people want just the content, you know, when a new episode comes out and then promoting it a couple times throughout the day, or if people want other things, but something that will definitely be a part of it is soliciting submissions. So that can be questions that you want answered. It can be insight that you have on basically anything involving this team. And part of what makes this work so much fun is everyone else and the people listening and engaging with the product and doing something team specific is exciting in that way. And I will try to also use this at certain moments to give light to an issue that maybe I wrote a piece on, but it's could be better in this sort of a format. So explaining things and giving it a little bit more depth and color. And not every episode will be single topic. Some of them will be, some of them will not be. And something else that is so much fun with this is being a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And so David Locke and an amazing group of people are putting together team-specific podcasts on every team. And that's not only NBA teams, it's also NFL. So if you are a Niners or Raiders fan or you're a Bay Area transplant that cares about another team, there will be a Locked On podcast about that. And so we will also be doing a lot of collaboration. Many of the Locked On hosts and other for other teams are friends of mine in this business. Other ones are very talented people that will hopefully become friends in the future. And so that will actually kickstart looks like tomorrow will be another one of those. And so that'll be talking with another locked on host about their team and how the teams interacted. And it's going to be a lot of fun to get different voices. And part of one of this team and what makes them special is that everybody has an opinion. And so for those of you who have followed my work at all, I've done what's now called for the athletic behind enemy lines. And that's having other teams, writers talk about the Warriors and talk about how things go, that will also be a part of this podcast. And it is great to be able to have that insight and a team that is doing their own thing and is very different. And so that will jumpstart tomorrow. There will be some weekly features in this, and there will be some things that are more sporadic. It will, of course, depend on opportunity. And once the games start, game reviews will be a hallmark of this. So if you happen to miss the game or you wanted a little bit more color, you wanted some insight... Those will be coming out before your morning commute after each game, probably even for the preseason games, but definitely once the regular season kicks in. And the only exception to that would be if there was a game on a Friday or Saturday, and I may even tweak the schedule to have one then. Of course, listener feedback will be important with that, so we'll touch base then. So thank you so much for listening. It is a genuine thrill to be able to try this, and I'm so thankful to David Locke and the Locked On Podcast Network to make this happen. And thankful to you, because listeners are really what makes this happen. So if you like what you hear, both now and in the future, please rate it on iTunes or whatever you use. Leave it a review. 
and tell other people about it because word of mouth is exceedingly important in this business. So hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you stay on this road with me for as long as it goes. And it'll be an absolute blast to talk about this Warriors team because whatever happens, they're notable. They'll be incredibly fun to watch and it is going to be an experience. And so, so thank you so much for listening. Stay locked on the Warriors and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.